Welcome to Justice Loose, the podcast where we talk about pop culture media, namely movies, TV, movies, TVs, and comics. I'm your host, Preston, joined as always by my delightful co-host, Batman, who kills my jokes. Matt, what should people do? Like, subscribe, tell a friend. <laughs> Specifically, uh, I don't know, maybe if more people subscribe to the Instagram, I'd actually remember to post stuff there. True. We got an email. We did? Did you not see that? No, I don't check our email. Oh. <laughs> Mark sent us an email. Oh, what did he say? Uh, a lot. Wow. En- enough that you didn't have to make an email oh yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> so i will uh now that i'm now that i didn't i saw that he sent the email i read like the first few sentences but then i was gonna ask you about it okay so i didn't read the whole thing all right I'm however gonna... what's our email account <laughs> uh just us losers pod at gmail.com That's come right. on <laughs> you say it all the time <laughs> oh he was talking about your Ropa report Oh. And uh, I did read actually the whole thing. His his theory is that the squiddy thing at the end is not a uh, creature, or it's not a creature, it's a vehicle from an ancient lost civilization on Europa. Interesting. He's got some pretty good points. I did remember that I actually did read it. Spoilers for Europa Report. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, you want to read through this and comment on it? Okay. All right, so the evidence is, uh, there's five pieces of evidence. Oh, by the way, thanks for emailing, Mark. This was a, appreciate a pleasant like the, surprise. The we now have a non-empty fucking <laughs> inbox. A machine unlike an organism would potentially create radiation. Wait, we should do our... What you been up to? Okay. Oh, what have you been up to, Matt? Um, <laughs> Whoa, this is a bad episode so okay. far. Uh, well, I started a whole bunch of things last week. Yep. So I actually finished one of them. I finished Series of Unfortunate Events Season 3. Okay. Ultimate final season. Okay. Uh, it was good. Good. Was, this is one of those Did shows... at the end? What? Did they all die at the end like we're supposed to? Why were they all supposed to die at the end? Everyone is always supposed to die. Everyone dies. What? Everyone dies in this world. No, it's all men must die, and you're thinking of Game of Thrones. I mean, but also in real life, all men must die. Well, this is true, but... And all men must serve. Right. Anyway. The people die that are supposed to die. (laughs) It remains very faithful to the books. Good. Um... This is one of those shows that it's very consistent throughout. Like, there's not a clear, this is season one stuff, this is season two stuff, this is season three stuff. It's mm-hmm. just, it feels like it's all one extended thing. And except for a couple of meta self-referential jokes, it's mostly just feels like one nice self-contained arc. Um, I forgot how, like, dark and morally ambiguous the last couple of books got. Mm-hmm. But it gets real just like, okay good guys are doing bad stuff now the bad guys are doing good stuff now maybe morality is subjective this yeah. is heavy stuff to lay on the nine-year-olds that are supposed to be watching this show. yeah <laughs> uh yeah no but it's 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 very good um there's a lot of interesting ideas that i'll come to fruition in pretty satisfying ways all right it's good heartily recommend cool um, heartily heartily you gotta do a better job at, of enunciating that heartily it definitely comes out as hardly sometimes wholeheartedly there we go yeah do that one wholeheartedly recommend there we go uh we're fixing matt step by step now of course <laughs> you got a lot of steps to make there um now of course because i finished something i had to start something new so i started the new season of punisher which dropped yesterday oh it did didn't it i yes, still haven't seen the fifth i this is the first show i'm two seasons behind now yep good um so what's the deal with bathroom fights they're just all the rage now Really? Is there the another first, one? Yeah, the first, like... Did he hit anybody over the head with a sink? Yes. So he actually took, broke the sink off and hit him on the head with it? Yes. 
Wait, Maybe really? Else did? Really? Yeah. Oh shit! No, this is so like uh, this one might one up the Mission Impossible one. Oh, is Maybe? it a long take? Not all. It's it's not all just one long take, but it uses a lot of long takes, and it's it's super inventive. Is the fun thing like this is the most just punchy punchy of the superhero shows. So there's not a lot of powers or unique dynamics going yeah. on. And yet they find a way to make every single blow and motion feel new and exciting somehow. Okay. I might and, just have to go watch that fight scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, uh, it's good. The plot is kicking off very slowly, which I'm fine with as long as I get to see John Bernthal punch people and walk like a sexy old man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm liking it so far. Cool. I also watched Split. Oh, you did? Interesting. Yeah. I also watched Split. Watched Split. What a weird coincidence. <laughs> what? <laughs> wow. Also, I think my roommate watched it too. Weird. You know what? I'm pretty sure I was at your house when I watched it. That is fucking creepy. Why were you? Why were you at my house? You don't even know where I live. No, I definitely don't. Huh. <sighs> Anyway, yeah, the three of us watched the. This was actually something that I told them before we watched this that I finally got to watch a movie that is actually like a. a I'm going to call it a crafted movie. There's actually like. It's, a, it's not just a superhero movie, it's a crafted movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the two people that I respect when it comes to movies the most, because Andrew's a filmmaker who knows a lot about movies, mm-hmm. and Matt is Matt, which if you still have no idea how Matt deals with movies do you like what listening to this podcast this long god damn you're weird uh <laughs> i just I, I still don't understand how i've come to like, this mythological status in your brain but it's i mean you're you're good at picking things up and knowing what they are that is Computer a mouse. mouse i knew you were gonna do that pillow <laughs> you you're good at not <laughs> looking at a movie face value which is what the world needs more of because mm-hmm. people like watch a movie and be like what a great movie and it's like that but really why was, it, why was it great why did you think that was a good movie did you see that basketball scene mm-hmm. <laughs> Catwoman. <laughs> i got that uh, <laughs> so like it was and none of the three of us have seen that movie yet right um so it was cool to like watch it and be around people that like also, people that don't talk during movies. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, we kind of... There was one part in the scene where I was like, did you notice that? Like, just that little thing. I think you went off to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. But, like, people that just don't talk right. constantly during a movie. Um, also watched it on Friday. But it was good. It was Anyway, the movie itself was very good. Um, there was some, some points in it where I was just like, mm, that didn't really make sense that much. Yeah. How did he ch- get changed that fast? That actually doesn't seem physically possible. Nope. Um, and then, of course, it is now known that I do not like uh, M. Night Shyamalan's twists. I like the twist itself, but I don't like that it's so explicit and just tells you verbatim what it is. Yeah. Um, that is, I like implicit in M. Twists. Is it? M. Twists. I like M. Twists. Implicit twists. Pimps. I like pimps. God. Anyway. Anyway. Look, I just had my first week of school that, like, kicked off immediately after getting back from a wedding, which was, albeit one of the most fun things I've ever been to in my life, but fucking exhausting. Yep. 
And so my brain is still not entirely recovered. So this is going to be a weird episode. Okay. I'm going to end thoughts halfway through. I'm going to forget what I was saying. <laughs> I'm going to give up on jokes. I'm going to make stupid jokes. So buckle in, folks. Par for the course. Yeah. So I'll throw in my two cents and split. Um, I said right after we finished watching that Shyamalan the writer is Shyamalan the director's worst enemy. Yes. And I stand by that point because he's a writer who has some really interesting ideas but has no idea how to explain them in a way that trusts the audience. Mm -hmm. But he's also a super effective visual director. Just visual storytelling and building mood and tone through, I don't know, um, a lot of like really subtle zooms and slow pans and stuff. It's... It's just it's it's tense, yeah. Well put together stuff. Yep, movie stuff. Yeah, I definitely. I just imagine every time he's like directing something, he's like looking at the script, going like, "How the fuck am I supposed to do this? Who fucking wrote? Th- oh, damn it!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I liked everything about this movie except the core premise was really stupid. The core, what, what do you, what, what do you mean by the core premise? Like, to sort you, the, what was the core premise? The core premise was sort of the idea that these multiple personalities can manifest as physical change, which can ultimately make you sort of a super being. Okay. Uh, which, okay, so I've heard the explanation that this is basically a comic book universe, since it is officially part of the Unbreakable Glass Averse. Yeah. But, um, it's still just really unsatisfying. It's to crib another point from someone else. I'd, I'd feel more satisfied if the explanation for the superpowers was he got hit by a beam of gamma radiation. Yeah. Um, it feels sort of like an awkward midpoint between something comic booky and something that's trying to be real life. Yeah. Um, so I didn't buy that, but everything else about the movie is great. Yeah. Uh, the, the filmmaking I talked about, um, James McAvoy gets to do some James Mac acting. Uh, the score was really good. Yep. Like that the whole sort of extended climax, the way it's just sort of building as it's intercutting between like three or four different scenes. Yeah. That's positively Nolan-esque. Yeah. Just a lot of good stuff going on. It's just a shame that there are so many little stupid things. Yep. All right. Is that all you've been up to? Yep. What else have you been up to? Hmm. School. I nuked my D&D world. You were telling me about that yeah. in the car, yeah. I, uh, I had the problem going too big too fast, and it got too unwieldy, and just campaigns were getting confusing. So I was just like, yeah, fuck that whole thing. Wow, I almost I did what DC, the world to DC should do. <laughs> just fucking nuke the whole thing and start from the beginning. Everyone's going to be like, why, why, why? And then everything will be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so I nuked my whole world, starting a new world. Uh, I'm probably not going to update anyone on that from just beyond this. That's all. It's just what I've been up to is rebuilding my world. Mm-hmm. Uh, watch Split. Watch No Country for Old Men. Nope, not that one. Uh, the other men one. <laughs> the other men one. Children of Men. <laughs> yep. Uh, I am proud of myself. I picked up on a thing. I... First of all, it's phenomenal world building for the first third of the movie. Mm-hmm. Then it just stops world building and it just does its own thing. Right. Um, which is fine. Uh, it just needs to set up the world and then let yeah. people play. Um, I I felt like it, it, I, I was constantly, like for the first half of the movie, I guess really just for the first third still, for the first act, 
I felt I constantly felt like I was missing something. Mm-hmm. Like I was always feeling like there was just something that they said that I missed that like my brain kind of tuned out for just a second. Okay. And I was just like, I'm, I'm missing something. There's some, hmm. something that has been pointed out that's going to come back in a huge way that I missed. But it, it seems to, I'm trying to think of the way that I can describe it. It seems to start very detail oriented and then just get more basic as the movie progresses. Like, it starts yeah. with, like, all these tiny little things, but then about by Act 3, it's just a straight running through combat. Right. And there's nothing else to it. Um, basically, like, once once the baby... Uh, spoilers? Spoilers. Spoilers. Stop paying attention for about, like, two minutes. If, you're, if you haven't seen uh, Children of Men. Once the baby's born, I feel like the movie just kind of goes dumb. Like, it's still great, like, cinematography, like, everything about the movie is great. Just the writing seems just like, oh, it, just find a boat. As for, but, like, from the beginning, yeah. it's like, there's all of this intrigue constantly kind of happening, but then once the baby mm-hmm. born, baby's born, it's just like, ah, get baby! Yeah, I think that's, <laughs> I think that's kind of almost the point structurally, is like, it's, there's all this complexity and stuff, but when you get down to, like, once the baby born, then for them, life, it's just like, this is all that matters. Yeah. Okay. So it's kind of All isolating right. that. That makes sense. And and it like it it works within the context of the story too. Yeah. Like um the the ceasefire scene is probably my favorite movie scene. That was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's Cinefix's number one most emotional scene of all time mm-hmm. for I think good reason. Yeah. And I uh yeah. I was proud of myself early on cuz Andrew Andrew saw the first hour then mm-hmm. I walked in the house and he's like, I'll restart if you want to watch this. I'm like, all right. Okay. Um, and we restarted. There was a scene where he first gets the stuff to the, what's the group called? The resistance. There was the, I don't know. The frogs or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, gets the stuff to them. And the guy, the uh, black guy, the kind of bad guy almost. Hand, like shows him or whatever has this in this possession this lost dog poster mm-hmm. then an old woman comes up and is like have you seen him and then as he walks out the building sees the woman with the dog mm-hmm. walk onto this bus he walks onto the bus she just nods upward and just like that andrew didn't catch this even the two times but i caught it that like him having it then her having it then her having the dog being on the train nodding up was the was their way of directing him mm-hmm. to how, where to go very clever. Very discreet. I actually never caught that. You never caught that? No. Oh, it's fucking great. Yeah. Because it's just like, she, okay, so what, what kind of tipped me off is that like, so he had this and I was just like, okay. Mm-hmm. I, I, it was one of those things that kind of was like, I feel like I'm missing something. Mm-hmm. And then she comes up she's like, have you seen the dog or whatever? And I'm just like, all right, that's the second time that's shown up. And then he walks out and it's like, okay, he needs to, he knows he needs to go on this bus and then there's the lady with the dog, obviously not making a huge fucking deal about it. She just kind of right. has the dog. And he's like, that's weird. And then he gets on the train. She's on the train with the dog and just kind of like nods up. Mm-hmm. And he walks up to a completely empty second story with just Julian? Julian? Uh, Julia. Julia. I think. Julie? No, Julia's from Man in the High Castle. Because it's Julianne Moore, but I thought it was her name was... Maybe it is Julian. I think it's Julian. But walks up and it's just her and I'm like, she was part of it. That whole dog missing dog poster was like the the discreet way it's of a getting meeting his. signal. Okay, yeah. 
Nice. And you didn't pick that up? No. Ah, I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Yay! I think, okay. you're, I think you're better at picking up the little, like, plot details and Foreshadowing. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's my foreshadowing catches. Right. The moment she announced, she said she was pregnant, I'm like, oh, God. She's going to give birth, and either baby's going to be dead, and it's going to be super upsetting, or it's going to be in the middle of a giant conflict. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the moment... Just like said contractions. I'm like, fuck. I knew it. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, watch that. Uh, I started reading uh, Demon Knights finally, which is you've heard the saga of me getting the Demon Knights books. Yep. Yeah. I talked about this a little last week. One one was expensive and I got it and then it became cheap and I'm like, damn it. But then the next one became expensive and I'm like, damn it. Yep. But I have them all three. It is not really that great. Uh, It's just a lot of like. It's it's hard to get rooted in this, like, get interested in this, when there are no characters that you already know to kind of, like, attach to. Mm-hmm. It's like when you go meet a group of people, you are infinitely more, e- like, comforted when there's just one person that you already know. Right. That you can use as a means in. of getting to know other people. There is none of that. And, I mean, I kind of know who Etrigan is. Vandal Savage is there, but he's just kind of this person that's always sporadically through comics. Mm-hmm. Madame Xanadu is there, but she's not really like a big person. But there's no one that's like, I really like this person because I've known this person. Mm-hmm. There's no... Who's a good immortal person? Uh, no, Wonder Woman. Yeah. Wonder Woman was probably around back then because that was back during Arthurian stuff. Okay. No, she's not. She's 400. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. There's plenty of immortals that they could have, like, thrown in there mm-hmm. and just work with it, but nope. Uh, that's all I've been up to. Okay. News? Sure. Spider-Man trailer? Spider-Man trailer. I still am kind of upset that that happened. I'm not. I have two theories. Uh, Well, I mean, I have three theories. One is just the obvious one that, okay, Endgame solves all the problems and everyone comes back and yeah. we hate it. Uh, another is that this is actually a prequel, but a third and the one I really like is Endgame just straight up ends the MCU as we know it. It's the actual oh, end yeah. to the shared universe, and then they just do one-off spin-offs and like little isolated trilogies, and they can reference and have cameos, but it's not really an interconnected story. Yeah. There's not really a defined timeline anymore. Yeah, and I kind of like that idea, partly just because Endgame and yeah that connection makes sense in my head and partly because they've done this huge experiment in a shared universe where can they really go from here there's no up as we've pointed out before there's no climax that's bigger than infinity war yeah that they can do and so this makes sense as a way to continue the universe and even continue using some of their same characters without having to cure death or try to build something bigger from the shared universe yeah i think i'm kind of along the theory of that it is a prequel and he because what was the what was the uh uh field trip that he was going on at the beginning of infinity war uh they were going to the metropolitan museum of art i believe okay Mm, maybe not so much then uh well okay so i still think that this this might be a prequel and he goes off to london and then who's there to protect New York, who's there to be the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man? How about the new Spider-Man? Hmm? Maybe, like, that all we're seeing is, like, things of this Spider-Man, but about 60% of the movie is actually Miles Morales. 
I don't know. Because they can, they, you can easily fill a full set of set of like promotional material with twenty minutes of footage. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I I have another theory that they are filling all the promotional material with twenty minutes of footage, but basically doing the first act. Yeah. And that the the elementals that we're seeing that are supposed to be the main villains aren't going to be the actual villains. Because Mysterio is in this, yeah, and he's usually a villain, uh, but he's he looks like a good guy because he's fighting the elementals. Yeah, why does he have Doctor Strange powers? Because that's not in his power set. He's basically a master of illusion and misdirection and stuff like that. He's not just a straight up flying magical being. Yeah. I don't think that's Marvel disrespecting their own lore. I think that's a tip that he is creating the illusion that he's a superhero, sort mm. of syndroming it. And I don't know exactly where this plot goes, but he's somehow trying to make himself look good and then take over the world and then take over the world. What's or, his motive typically? Do you know? Uh, I imagine it ranges from silver age, rob this bank vault and run away with giant sacks with dollar signs on them yeah. to, more complex revenge and takeover okay. type stuff. He's he's been around a long time and done yeah. a lot. So, uh, what else is in there? The Flash Thompson joke was great. I did enjoy. I that. love Spider Man. <laughs> he's I, he, he's a dope suit. He res- he's res- I respect him so much. What's up, dickhead? <laughs> you know that they changed that line in the international trailer. I don't doubt that. It's like sup, sup loser. Yeah, or something. Of course yeah. they did. Yep. Uh, any other trailers that we got? Uh, we got one for John Wick 3, but you don't really, really care about that. Hmm. I didn't know that's coming out so soon. Yeah. Shit. Up. Did another know. dog it's die? Spring. Uh, we saw a dog that it was alive. Oh, damn it. That dog's gonna die. Dog didn't die in the second one. I don't know that joke. I don't know what the joke is. I just know that people like always talk about threatening his dog, and I'm like, cool. Yep. Jokes. He, also, he also rides a horse in this one. Oh, so. the horse is gonna die. Yeah, probably. It's a, like a horse... Riding a horse Horses in a car never chase. survive. You notice that? Horses almost always die. Didn't the one in War Horse survive? I don't know. Probably. That it was like too Seabis- dark for a Disney movie. Seabiscuit? Did Seabiscuit live? I think so. Because he ran the race at the end. Okay, the horse, movies that the horse is not the main character. <laughs> okay. Because like, I'm pretty sure Brigo dies. No, Brigo runs off and we never see him again. Because mm-hmm. he doesn't have Brigo in... Uh, um, the, was it the last stand at the Black Gates? Something What's that like, called? Airborne's last name. stand? Yeah. Anyway. Um. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Woof, this is a week. Uh, yeah. Any other news? Uh, so we were, I reported last week that X-Force might not be happening per Rob Liefeld. Oh, yeah. It's not happening at all, is it? No. It might be. So some of the people that are supposed to be writing it say that Drew Goddard, who would end up directing it, is still working on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they confirmed that if it's going to happen, it's going to be X-Force and then Deadpool 3. But there's also like two months before it's do- supposed to start shooting. And we kind of don't know if that's going to happen yet. Gotcha. So it's still a little up in the air. I'm cautiously optimistic, but that might just be wishful thinking because I uh-huh. really want to see this movie. Yeah. But I don't know. Uh, Fantastic Beast has been delayed. I did see that. I'm excited about that. Excited about them being delayed. <laughs> excited about having to getting to push that off a few yes, more please. months. Yes, please. <laughs> Uh. Anyway. Anyway. Oh, back to the Deadpool thing, real quick. Oh yeah. Um. So there's been some speculation that Deadpool wouldn't last under the Marvel Disney 
office. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Disney CEO Bob Iger said that he could see a future for an R-rated Deadpool in Disney. Oh. Which, I mean, yeah, he could just be saying that because he can't get the fans mad at him yet. But, okay, that's at least a step in the right direction. Yeah. They need to they need to keep that, that character because he's different and he gives them new opportunities. Yeah, you can't. New voice. Disney needs to learn that you can't. Well, you can. You can still make money. It's really hard to run one of the top entertainment companies without going rated R ever. Yeah. Like, sometimes you just gotta do it. Yep. Can't always be for kids. Nope. There's a whole other industry out there for just really gritty things that are re uh, that are remaking movies in a gritty way. Right. Go see our other episode called Ready Reboots or whatever. Oh my god, I can't do tomorrow. <laughs> let's just okay. move on. All right, should we look at this email? Yeah, let's look at this email. Okay. Uh, five evidence that five evidence five evidences uh, that there that that thing at the end of Europa report is actually a vehicle. Okay, a machine unlike an organism would potentially create radiation signals like the sub- submersible detect like what like what the submersible detected coming from below itself before it was captured. Like what the submersible detected coming from below itself before it was captured. I guess he's just calling the thing that they put below was called a submersible. Yeah, that's the name for it. Oh, okay. Also, a machine would create detectable heat signatures, which I wouldn't expect to come from an organism unless it had a very high body temperature, which is impossible for an organism that has that size living in a cold environment. That's a fair point. I buy it. Bioluminescence is somewhat implausible for an organism to evolve living in the subsurface oceans of Europa, even uh, since even close to the ice, since even close to the ice, these are extremely low light conditions and would be totally dark for a significant portion of the time when Jupiter eclipses the sun. It is unlikely that the ability to see light would be common or even exist at all on Europa. Instead, I would expect European animals to navigate by using vibrations in the water, similar to how fish do this. Uh, do yes, most fish can see, but their primary navigation, they prim- but they primarily navigate by sensing water movement with their lateral line. Mm-hmm. Your brother's smart. On Earth, bioluminescent is also associated with the animals being able to see, whether it's used as a lure for communication, camouflage, or in order to see in the dark environments. Mm-hmm. However, light would make sense in an intelligent life-built machine as a way to detect objects similar to how we use radar or sonar. That's a very clever point. Light would be something technologically that most of those animals wouldn't even conceive of, and so it's sort of like a radar or a sonar that we can't process it as a it's almost like sense. a ray it, yeah it's it, kind of like how you can kind of view dimensions almost like it's just a thing right. that yeah that's pretty interesting that's a good point yeah also connected with the low light conditions one would expect the european ecosystems to uh not to su- not would expect the european ecosystems not to sunlight based i, I think, think you forgot to be there yeah <laughs> but instead of uh instead to be based on the thermal activity based beneath the surface in this way, the near-surface life would be more analogous to sea life, uh, seafloor sea life on Earth. You're reading the email with me. Yep. Which are generally l- very slow and low-energy environments, which are not conductive to large, highly, highly mobile, predatory, question mark, organisms. Conducive. Did I say, what did I say? You said conductive. Ah, shit. <laughs> um, yeah, 
That was a lot of big words, and my brain is fried right now. Yeah. No, that that makes sense. Like, it'd be sort of inverse, because uh, you think about it on Earth, the stuff closest to the surface of the water tends to be the big stuff, because that's where the most of the energy is coming from, from yep. the sun. But in Europa, if it's coming from under the ice, with, yeah. like, undersea vents and stuff, then... Hmm. Yeah, okay. Behaviorally, it doesn't make any sense for an organism, organism to hunt things above the ice, since the surface of Europa is quite uninhabitable to anything. Mm-hmm. Possibly accepting extra... Extremophile. Extremophile microbes. God, so, so many are, big words. Did you not take biology? So these are like... The... Did I pay it? My biology teacher was an asshole to me. Okay. So I just didn't care. All right. So extremophile microbes are like the little bacteria that live at super hot temperatures and super highly acidic or basic things. Like around those, around the vents in the ocean floor, you mm-hmm. find extremophiles. They love extreme. Okay. Extreme temperatures and situations. One wouldn't expect unintelligent organisms to even conceptualize anything above the ice. And thus, back to point three, it wouldn't make sense for them to be sitting around near a thin point in the ice. Mm -hmm. Thin points in the ice would be particularly uninhabitable due to less shielding from radiation, which we know is a major issue. Good point. Mm -hmm. Why would it go up there if it's dangerous? Right. Idiots. If the creature is actually a vehicle, then one can easily speculate that uh, it is scientific research vehicle... It is a scientific research vehicle going out to the surface to investigate the spacecraft, which they would have detected when it landed. This would explain why it was lurking near the surface and would explain why it wanted to grab Katya, essentially taking her as a sample. Also, the astronauts becoming scientific samples for another civilization fits extremely well with the movie's theme of sacrificing oneself for the sake of scientific knowledge. Tilda Mark Dalflor. I buy it. Yeah, no, I really like that theory. Yeah. That is fascinating. I feel like it's giving filmmakers a little too much credit. But yeah, they definitely made it a living creature and just, like, tried totally to make, yeah. didn't think all of this stuff through. Yeah, they basically just made it analogous to an Earth creature. I'd say... I, I would say, Mark, for the next step for you is to go watch it and try to look for any evidence contrary to your theory. Because mm-hmm. that's what I usually do. That's what mm-hmm. I did with the Boba Fett theory, is I immediately went to look to see if there's anything in the movie... That it would be contrary. And if there's not, then you could just put that shit on Revit and... Or Revit. <laughs> I, You've been working too much I've been much working there. too much. <laughs> Go to Reddit, post that shit, and then make it canon. Okay. Because <laughs> if there's no evidence against, there's no way anybody can prove you wrong. Yeah. And this is also... And that is a very well-backed-up theory. Yeah. And it's not a super well-known movie, so this is probably the first time anyone's put this out there. Go, Mark! Woo! Go do the things! <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So if anybody else has like any theories and stuff like that that take lots of words, that would not have survived on Twitter. <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, send us emails. Yeah. So that's that was, what you that was, do. That was a perfect use of our Gmail. Yes. Thank you, Mark, for demonstrating Yay! for the rest of the world. Or I guess Mark's the only one that listens. Mark, continue sending emails. <laughs> continue your theories. All right. Uh, we're 30 minutes. We got time. Let's uh, let's okay. crank into this week's theme. Okay. What uh, the fuck? Yeah, so what are we talking about this week? This week we are talking about the oh, often debated among comic book people characters that are the exact same as another character in a different universe. For example, mm-hmm. Green Arrow and Hawkeye are the same goddamn character. They're the shooty arrow man. However, Green Arrow came 19 years before Hawkeye. This is a recurring debate between people. And I've noticed now, like the more I'm in this, in this culture, 
that Bill Mayer so loves. Um, I will never get over that. Uh, Just take another opportunity to throw him under the bus. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I have noticed that the only people that bring up our character was first are Marvel people. Interesting. Have you ever noticed that? I mean, you're the only person I ever talked to about comics, That's and you fair. always bring up the DC characters <laughs> first. So. Um, but I like kind of I've got friends on Facebook and stuff that are uh, some Marvel fans, and uh, the and they're. I have one friend who I know probably isn't listening to this, so I can call him out. Uh, other Matt, my mm-hmm. Matt friend Matt from Georgia, uh, he definitely has brought that up several times. So I was like, this Marvel character came first. It's because, like, there's so few. Right. And when they find one, they get excited. Exactly. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta take credit where you can. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say one example that I can think of right now. Actually, I've got a list of examples. Mm-hmm. Actually, well, okay. Let's right. break this down. Let's go through a list of characters that we have okay. that are very similar. All right. Do so you want to just like say all the pairs and then kind of like go hit a few of them? Or do you want to just go down, say a pair, talk about it, say Let's a pair. say all the ones we got and then, okay. and then break it down. So I, I crowdsourced this question to Quora. Um, I got two answers on it. So really? Thanks, Internet. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's not where you wanted to go for... <laughs> probably not, but it's the place where I have the most reach on the internet, probably. Yeah. So, um, anyway, uh, for examples where the DC character came first, uh, there's Batman, who is analogous to both sort of Moon Knight and Iron Man. And Black Panther. He's got, like... And Black Panther that's one bit, of those. Yeah. He's one of those characters that I typically avoid when people, like, go, mm-hmm. uh, oh, Jordan uh, at church. Okay is well not at our church anymore is one of those big old victims of like oh marvel had this character first whenever he finds one he's like marvel did it first uh he's one of the toxic marvel fans right um nope offense it's just marvel fans typically have that mindset more than dc fans that i've noticed i could be very biased yeah you're just being anecdotal here but (laughs) i mean it it, it's not unreasonable that marvel fans would get a little more defensive they're always told that they're second best yeah so um but that one, every time I mention this concept that DC and Marvel have very identical characters, someone goes, oh yeah, who's Batman? Who, who's Batman's uh, equivalent? It's like, I hesitate whenever that comes up mm-hmm. because just saying Batman is so good that it takes three characters to make up who he is, is very arrogant, yep. but it's true. There's yeah. no perfect equivalent, but aspects of Iron Man, Moon Knight, Black Panther aspects of them are what make Batman. Right. And I think also that one's just a little more of an archetypical. We really would like to idolize someone who's essentially just a, a normal human being with no alterations who through not ridiculously implausible real life stuff was able to become like a superhero. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's naturally just going to lend itself to a bunch of different characters. And that's not a case of ripping off so much as just that's a theme that's going to come up a lot if you're trying to write superheroes. Yeah. So I don't love that one, but it was on the list. Yeah. Um, next one, uh, Superman Hyperion. Hyperion. Yes. He's a lesser known Marvel character that I had to skim the Wikipedia page earlier yeah. today. So how how accurate is that? Very. I mean, Hyperion was pretty explicitly uh, designed as, to quote Wikipedia, a pastiche of Superman. Okay. Um, So 
He's the last of a particular group of Eternals who was sent as a child. Mm, um, <laughs> that it's down to the origin. He's on that got. One. He looks kind of like him. Like the colors are different, but he's sort of the the big truth, justice, and American way kind of guy with the cape. And, yeah. Um, and the Oof. the square chin. Uh, he's got about the same power set, including even sometimes something on the long along the lines of super breath. it it, like it was pretty explicit that he was just supposed to be kind of a superman yeah and it was sort of back in that era when comics did a lot more kind of tongue-in-cheeky stuff i guess yeah Um, because that was what year was he i believe he was in the 70s this is why i brought my laptop so i could actually look (laughs) some of these things up because then also like uh captain marvel was 41 right it's true okay 69 and he appeared in the Avengers number sixty nine. Wow, really? Yeah, that is amazing. Yep. Yeah. Here's here's what he looks like. He's kind of blonde or ginger Superman. Oh, he is so Superman. Yeah. <laughs> Except his underwear goes a little bit further up. Yeah. And he's got yellow. Yep. Uh, All right. Yeah. So I appear in Superman. Okay. Yeah, but that one's explicit. Um, Plastic Man slash the Elongated Man. Yep. Mister Fantastic. No, absolutely. Just stretchy powers. Yeah. And that uh, one, I believe uh elongated man was like 1942 or something i think so i just looked this up he was um, really early yeah let me and fantastic four was like i'd say like the 60s or 70s actually elongated man was 1960 according was to plastic this. man plastic man i bet was earlier um yeah he first appeared in koala in quality comics in 1941 okay so it was plastic man i was thinking yeah, of i which, thought I always okay, so I think that's not even the first time I've mixed the two of them up because mm-hmm. I always give Plastic Man so little credit for like what he actually is. Yeah, because he's just the goofball. But Elongated Man is the one that's actually like really impressive, and it's the second best detective in the world. Right. Um, and with like stretchy powers, mm-hmm. so I always give him credit for being earlier. Okay, but I guess yeah. Plastic Man was. Well, you got to think this is back the time when plastic was a new and exciting technology. So Plastic Man is the future super. Cool yeah, because plastic is thing. the thing that stretches. The yeah. modulus of elasticity on plastic is actually shockingly small. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't plastic in sort of a literary context literally mean more rigid? Like, as opposed to elastic? Yeah. yeah. Yep. That, no, that actually is. Like, the you have elastic defor- deformation, which is like you stretch it and it goes back. Mm-hmm. Then you have plastic deformation that you stretch it and it stays there. Yep. Uh, this I this I go to school for this shit. This yeah. is actually like what's what's included in my degree. Yep. This is stuff that I learned. Plastic deformation means you don't go back. <laughs> That's actually kind of funny now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> nice job, DC. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Um, so Mr. Fantastic was 1961, so right after Elongated Man. So he had both of them before he had they had theirs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Woof. And presumably that was like, okay, look, there's this new Elongated Man. Let's copy that idea. Yeah, and this one feels like it's got to be a ripoff because why would stretchy arms be a common superpower yeah. that you'd think of? I think it's uh, it's definitely more more from Elongated Man because Plastic Man's a goofball, but Elongated Man is really smart. And that sounds familiar. So is Mister Fantastic. Yep. Uh, and also, just their names are very straightforward. Yeah, I'm fantastic. Well, okay, given Superman is. <laughs> A man that's super. Yeah. But anyway. Anyway. And man bat is a man that's a bat. That's true. Not Batman. That's a different thing. Man yes. bat. 
is a man that's a bat. Yeah, Batman is a bat that's a man. <laughs> <laughs> He's very small and yes. very squeaky, nearly blind. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, what else is there? There's uh, a long list of these. Yes. Uh, Martian Manhunter and Vision. Oh, yes. That's one that I've... Uh... So Martian Manhunter came first. Or Vision came first. Really? 1940, 1955. I have that on my list of things that Marvel came before DC. No, Vision was not that early. Vision was like 68. Was it? I am pretty darn sure because I just looked at... Yeah, superhero character that debuted in 1968. Oh, you were looking at uh, Vision from Timely Comics. Oh. Oh, he really looks like Martian Manhunter. Does he? Ooh! Yee-hoo! Uh. And he was 1940. Okay. So, what's... What's Martian Manhunter's deal? I've never actually really known this. So Martian Manhunter's deal is he is the sole survivor from a planet that went bad because of... I'm not kidding. Uh... And he's not the only one. He's also got a female family cut family relative that's also a soul survivor. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has laser vision and super strength. And uh, he's Martian. So okay, so that's all right. the the things that I was making the joke that he's very similar to Superman. He also has density control, mm-hmm. uh, heat vision, uh, 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 shape shifting, t- uh, telepathy, telekinesis, anything with the mind really. Mm-hmm. Um, what else is there? Super, I guess density control kind of t- takes like flight, right. super strength, super dur- uh, hyper durability, stuff like that. Uh, that's actually uh, density control is, I will say this, my favorite superpower because it can allow you to do things that like, because like if you're, if you make yourself less dense than air, you start floating mm-hmm. and you can, when you get to the height you want to be, you just make yourself the exact same density as air and you float there. Yep. And then you make yourself a little less dense and you can control yeah. your own flight. Yeah. You can't like propel yourself unless you make yourself really dense and then just blow. Right. Carry <laughs> a fire extinguisher with you. <laughs> I'm imagining Vision like getting this all figured out, deleted scene from Age of Ultron. He's got a fire extinguisher strapped to his back. He's just <laughs> floating around. He's got a water, he's got a, or he's got an air balloon. A balloon. <laughs> <laughs> You just see, like, you just hear coming from Vision's room, and you're just like, what the fuck are you doing in there? Sorry, it's really hard to masturbate with android parts. <laughs> God damn it. Um, but you can also make yourself hyper-dense, and then yeah. just, like, have things bounce off of you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's typically his power mm-hmm. set. Okay, so Martian Manhunter beat the, the Vision that we know and love for density control, at least. Um, this original vision just had flight and cold and ice generation. Cold and ice generation. Yeah. Interesting. And teleportation via smoke. Teleportation via smoke. Thanks, Wikipedia. What does that mean? <laughs> uh, does that mean he like throws a smoke pellet and teleports or does he like have to, he can like make smoke and then he can teleport to wherever that smoke is touching? Um, what does it mean by I'm teleportation via not smoke? not entirely sure. Wikipedia is being very vague. It's a short little article. Yeah, nobody cares about them nobody cares about the vision all right so that's yeah okay so he so the vision did not evolve into vision they are no two different they are separate characters and they have existed i believe in the same universe okay so i knew nothing about vision back then mm-hmm. when i like made this note so when i like pulled vision up and it said 1940 and he looked a little different i was like probably just an evolution of the character mm-hmm. so yeah okay the original vision um 
that we know and love from the 1968 one. So I can delete this note. Yeah. Because then it's, <laughs> wow, that that's great. Mm-hmm. I ha- I was giving Marvel more credit than they get. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the, the Paul Bettany version of Vision originally was actually an Ultron creation uh, who rebelled against Ultron, was persuaded to rebel against Ultron and then helped the Avengers. Um, he was also created from the corpse of Human Torch. Oh. Fun fact. So there's that. Well, okay, one could say that the MCU was made from the corpse of the Fantastic Four. Could we? Yeah. Okay. Chris Evans is in both. This is true. So there's your little tie-in. Fan theory confirmed. Yes. <laughs> I'm putting it putting it on Revit and making it making it canon. <laughs> All right. Just gonna like type a little note in like the next plans I'm working on, just like they came from the the cor- I give up on this joke. Yep. Just keep going. Okay. Uh <laughs> The next one I had that I'm not entirely sure I buy was Brainiac and Ultron. So what's Brainiac's deal? So Brainiac (laughs) is inconsistent as fuck. Uh, So he's, I guess the best way I can say it is he's a collector. He's Kaloan or Koluan. Kalua? Kalua? Sorry. I've been saying yeet a lot today, and Matt's been yep. getting really irritated at me for it. Um, wait, wait, wait. Was it spelled Y Y Y Y Y Y Y Y Y Y Y Y Y Y Y T? You've overdone it. It's like nine Ys. Three Ys. Three Ys is okay. I will prove three Ys. So what's Verniak's deal? Okay, so he's a collector. He likes what he likes knowledge, and what basically what he'll do is he will go to so advanced civilizations, take samples of them put like samples of you know cities he will take cities like the bottle city of candor he'll put it mm-hmm. in a bottle shrink it and then have it and he will take all of the knowledge from that world and then fucking destroy it okay um the uh destruction of krypton was has kind of changed between being uh brainiacs doing to natural causes or mm-hmm. human or human abuse or uh, kryptonian abuse mm-hmm. um i believe in the new 52, it was Brainiac's doing. Uh, but in other or, or in other stories, it was that he like saw it's about to get destroyed. Was like shit, yoink! Get that city, get that knowledge before it blows up, and then go to the next one. Okay. Uh, in the new 52, they claim that the internet is Brainiac. Um, and then in the 31st century, it's known as Computo, which is a legion of superheroes mm-hmm. enemy. Uh, so they like tried to make him more than he was in the new 52 uh he's also the entire entirety of the reason uh convergence happened i haven't okay. read it so i don't know how that happens but uh otherwise he's just really fucking smart and controls his ship which looks like a skull with tentacles okay um well ultron's also smart he also there are occasionally plot lines where he will try to take knowledge from people because he's built in the comics from hank pym's brainwaves Sort of supposed to be like God, a Marvel is weird. Yeah, um, <laughs> sort of supposed to be like a Hank Pym built him to be like a robot helper partner, and then he went rogue because, of course, he did. He's an android in a comic. Yeah, um, voiced by James Spader. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be a good guy. Terrible, right? Um, and but there are certain comic storylines where he will get other people and try to also absorb their brainwaves into himself. Mm. It's a kind of a minor thing. Um, I still don't 
really by the connection. I, it's but, a loose connection. Yeah. I think it's just uh, if you had to find one between for one of them, it would be them. Right. Um, similar to how like uh, Thanos and Darkseid, which you might have on the list. I, I think that's the next one. Oh. Yep. Darkseid nice. and Thanos. What a... What a- Freaking, yeah, there we go. Yeah, segways. All right, yeah. Um, so it's Darkseid's deal. So Darkseid is obsessed with finding the anti-life equation. Mm-hmm. There's so much to Darkseid. Finding uh, the anti-life equation, which is is basically mind control. It's not death. It's mind control. So oh. it, that that's along the theory that life is freedom. Okay. Um, which I dig. When I first like read it, I was like, that doesn't fucking make any sense. And then explained, I'm like, oh, okay, that makes absolute sense. Uh, Bye. Um, he has omega beams which uh for the most part just do damage mm-hmm. but sometimes in the case of batman uh send them flying back through time which the uh the reason behind that is fucking comic booky as shit oh i bet uh so he like sent him back in time so that him going through uh like flying through time like so he went back to uh early like caveman ages mm-hmm. and then he then he got sent to the next time period and then the next time period and stuff like that and every time he would jump it would build up omega energy which then dark okay. side would use to fucking destroy shit it's so comic book that's about as comic booky a thing as i've heard yep and that was and, actually pretty recent and i just explained how ultron was built from hank pym's brainwaves yeah <laughs> uh so dark side wants to control everything okay. um not destroy everything which i'm assuming is what thanos always wants to do half of everything in the comics isn't it everything it's half of everything is it really because he wants to impress death yeah that's why i figured killing everybody would probably impress death well yeah but then none of his friends are alive to throw him a sweet party for killing half the universe all right uh uh but he he is the apocalypse and the new gods are opposites of each other Mm -hmm. um his son not Desaad. Goddamn. Ah, I forgot his name. Orion is all father's son, mm-hmm. and he traded. They traded sons, and I believe. Oh shit! I cannot remember the name for the life of me. Doesn't matter. He's not Dark Side. Dark Side does that. Yeah. Dark Side likes to fight everybody. They're both both sort of the big purple guy that is one of the end all be alls. Yeah. Of the universe. Which... And wants to take over everything. Right. I mean, I guess that is kind of a connection. But well, if you're talking about like, destroying the stuff, uh, I guess Anti-Monitor is probably a little closer to Thanos. Right. That's true. I just realized what would have been a really cool scene in Infinity War is a couple of Thanos' children survive uh, all the fighting, and then at least one of them dies in the snap. Oof. That would have been... I think that would have added a little extra weight. Yeah. Would have been cool. Would have been hard to work in, like, story-wise, but... Yeah. Hey, well, that way we could have cut out the awkward, but kind of awesome, but still kind of awkward girl fight. Yeah. Which I really enjoyed in theaters, but thinking back, it was kind of cringy. Yeah. Just trying to make girls look badass by the fact that they can only fight each other. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. What's next? Uh, Next up, um, the Flash Quicksilver. Yeah, Flash was way before. And they're just both fast, which, again, I think that's a relatively normal superpower to come up with. Quicksilver, I believe, his top speed is 3.4 Mach. Something like that. He's much more limited. 
Oh, so okay. much more limited. Yep. Like Flash sneezes and he ends up going like ten, like ten thousand mock. Yeah. <laughs> like he uh, was just ridiculous. Yeah. Yep. So they're also just very different characters. Well, it depends on which Flash you're talking about. They're all the same fucking. Was character. any of them the son of Magneto? <laughs> yes. Okay. Bart Allen was. Well, that's good to know. Uh, one that they that I didn't get from the internet, but that I have thought of while sitting here was uh, Catwoman and Black Cat. Yeah. Which? Who came on. first? Let's look uh, that up. Catwoman. Catwoman. Guaranteed. Absolutely. It. Yeah. You let's, look, let's up, look up. You look up Black Cat. I'll look up Catwoman. I'm pretty sure Catwoman came first because Catwoman's been around for a very fucking long time. Yeah. I'm gonna say she's like 1942. 1940. Ah. Whoa. Uh, Batman number one. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Like. <laughs> very far very long ago black cat's been around a while but only since 1979 yeah no it's not 1940 no (laughs) (laughs) that's 39 years difference yeah all Um, right what else is there what else you got uh so that was actually all the ones where dc came first okay i have three that marvel came first okay uh ghost rider and atomic skull i do not have them uh atomic skull can't change back and forth atomic skull is just kind of atomic skull okay uh, he also doesn't have a motorcycle <laughs> all right <laughs> <laughs> i think they're just going with the fact that it's a skull and fire around it okay it's probably the only thing that's similar between between What's the two atomic skulls deal i have no fucking clue all right i have yet to read a story with him on it and yeah. i've read a lot yeah i'll put that on my list of things to research okay that'll be fun yep ghost riders he sold his soul to the devil. Uh, the first version was to save his father's life. And then because of that, he turns into a rad biker dude with a flaming skull for a head with fire powers and super strength. All right. And a chain. And a chain. And Atomic skull. Yep. I'm going to research that tonight when I'm bored. Okay. Uh, what's next? Uh, man thing and swamp thing. All right. 19, uh, 1971. Both of them. Yeah. By two months. Yeah. There this- is no way... That fucking man thing came out, and then they were like, oh, we should write something for that. Yeah. The Swamp Thing was definitely in the works. Yeah. <laughs> this has to be either someone was sharing secrets, or I think it's more likely it's just convergent evolution. Yeah. Two people came up with... It. I mean, this was a time when people were just starting to think about environmentalism more seriously and stuff, and so yeah. it, it makes sense to me that they're going to come up with a um, sort of a plant hero, and then... I guess make him kind of a little more anti-hero-y, sort of opposed to um, human destructiveness. Yeah. Uh, they have relatively similar origin stories. Uh, an accident with some sort of special substance. In Man-Thing's case, it's actually the super soldier serum from Captain oh. America. Okay. He was driving his car and then he crashed into a swamp. And some confluence of crashing into the swamp and the serum and strange magics made him into a plant man yep that's the same thing there was just happened to be chemicals and barry allen's thing and then lightning struck so now he has powers and he can go through dimensions yep (laughs) swamp thing lab explosion chemicals yeah plants yep although as it's explained in the anatomy lesson which is one of the most famous and best swamp thing issues of all time uh it's not actually that the person gets turned into plants it's that the plants think that they are the person interesting it sort of absorbs his consciousness but not his actual body yeah so, and so it builds like a replica human body and so he opens them up and it's sort of these non-functional things that look like they're supposed to be organs mm-hmm. but they're not really 
Okay. They don't actually work. They're just vestigial. They're there because the consciousness subconsciously thinks it needs those. And so it creates this body that has those. Interesting. And so that gets into some interesting existential questions. He's like, what am I? I'm just a plant that thinks it's a man. Yeah. So. Okay. Swamp Thing's one of the things I want to get into next. Yeah. Re- like really dig into. Okay. So. All right. What's next? Um, the last Marvel first was Namor came before Aquaman. Yep. By two years. Yep. 1939. Yep. A lot of similar similarities there. Uh, human father, usually somehow associated with the sea. Well, as we've learned from the Aquaman episode, sometimes human father, (laughs) sometimes the wizard of Atlantis father. Also true. (laughs) Um, princess of Atlantis mother. Yep. Um, at one point he could talk to fish though i think no longer because i think aquaman pretty quickly overshadowed him in popularity oh absolutely despite it being aquaman yeah um he's also more anti-hero-y and has been an out and out villain at some points really yeah he uh so one of the only like recent marvel comic runs that's connected to the universe that i've actually read is the uh nation under our feet black panther run mm-hmm. uh which is fantastic run but that kind of starts with wakanda on the brink of revolution because it's been ravaged first by thanos and the outriders uh and his children uh and then namor and atlantis attacked Mm. and so wakanda's pretty fed up with getting attacked by super people yeah i mean i would also be fed up with being attacked by thanos Mm -hmm. and then aquaman Uh, i feel aquaman uh (laughs) i feel like it's a step down to be attacked by atlantis after thanos attacks you though yeah it's kind of like a tiger, like, eats your face off, and then, like, a little tabby cat just comes up and scratches your leg. Right. You're just like, all right, you didn't do much, but it's still the principle of the matter that cats are attacking me, and I'm sick of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Namor, also, I think he has a lot more, from what I understand, he has a lot more of the Aquaman, like, orm sensibility of we are at war with the surface world. Yeah. That often gets into part of his character. Uh-huh. So, I superficially similar but like if you're gonna do a water power guy that's gonna end up being connected to atlantis yeah because that's just a free mythology thing to draw on yep so and poseidon involved with poseidon yeah Neptune and stuff like that yeah and i i think the the trope of just a relatively normal human father who meets the magical princess is a little older than comics so oh, yeah. um okay it's not really a ripoff so much as an inevitability i imagine well, I mean, that's kind of a flip of the classic, like, Roman mythology that mm-hmm. Zeus meets some standard woman right. and has a yeah. baby come out of his thigh. Yeah. <laughs> that's how that always works. Yep. <laughs> All um, right. Uh, so you are out of them. I've got two more that Marvel came before DC. Okay. Godiva and Medusa. All right. Haven't heard of either. You've absolutely heard of Medusa. Who's Medusa? Not the mythology Medusa. The Medusa that with the ugly CGI wig. Oh, yes. The Inhumans Medusa. Yeah, the Inhumans Medusa. Yeah. Her equivalent is Godiva, who is a British hero. Uh, who She showed up in 1977. Medusa was in 1965. Okay. So it was a pretty significant difference. But literally all they have is hair power. Right. And neither is a terribly significant character. Neither is terribly great either. Uh, and also Bumblebee and the Wasp. Okay. Little bugs that can shorten. Um, Oh, also... Oh, yeah. But Adam came before uh, Ant-Man. But uh, Bumblebee came in 1976. The Wasp came in 1963. Okay. So the Wasp, I believe, came around, like, right after Ant-Man. 
mm-hmm. but it was a while between the Adam and the wa- uh, Bumblebee. Yeah. So I think I think that's how that worked. Yep. Okay. All right, that's all we got. Do we have any overarching point? Uh, not really. This was just saying, look, there's a lot of these heroes, but DC came first a lot. Yeah. Uh, there are so many more characters that have equivalents. Oh, yeah. Aquaman, uh, we already we mentioned surface. Uh, Hawkman and, uh, not Hawkman. <laughs> Hawkman Hawk, and Hawkeye. Hawkeye and Green Arrow. Uh, what's another, what's um, Black Spider and Spider-Man? Mm, yeah. Uh, Black Spider's a villain in DC. Came, ooh, he came after Spider-Man. Okay. Uh, Spider-Man was really early on. Uh, let's see who else there is. Start listing things. I don't know that many characters. Oh, God. Uh, uh, Daredevil. Uh, Daredevil uh, Batman. Hulk. Kinda. Yeah, uh, I mean, Hulk? Daredevil's actually very Batman. Uh, oof. Solomon Grundy, yeah, kind of. Kind of. also the thing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We we no. can't really do this winging it. Yeah, there's a lot of characters in comics, and <laughs> yep, gotta have to sift through them all. Uh, yep. Um, I think DC probably has more because they're just kind of better at this whole thing. Yeah, so they're more likely to have good ideas. Yeah. Um, Marvel has a few because they're also pretty good. Also, they had their start really early. Like they had their it's start true. early on, so yeah. like it's Marvel's, harder to. Marvel's much more disorganized early on. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think a lot of these, as we've kind of pointed out along the way, some of them are kind of stretches and some of them can just be attributed to this was going to be a common way to build a superhero. Yeah. Like the, the Batman comparison, especially. Yeah. So. All um, right. So there's a lot of heroes that are similar. This is a pretty bad episode. Doesn't really mean anything. Who cares? Anything. Oh, well. I'm very tired. <laughs> okay. Shouts we? We'd better shouts. Okay. <laughs> Thanks everyone Woof. for listening to us ramble here for a while. Uh, you this can was definitely one of those rambly, just a little bit. Read off Wikipedia for a while. That's all right. Uh, what are we talking about next week? Oh shit! I don't think we have an idea yet. We'll figure out something. Uh, let us know before the middle of the week, and you could pick our next episode topic, and probably will if you post anything, because no one else is gonna. Yep. Um. So you can find this podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes and Podbean. If you want to reach the show and let us know what we should talk about next week, because we honestly have no idea, uh, you can do that at Facebook. We're somewhere if you search for Justice Losers. We're also on Twitter at Justice Losers Pod and Instagram at Justice Losers Pod. Uh, if you have an extensive fan theory that's not going to fit on Twitter unless you want to shoehorn it into like 65 tweets, then send it to our Gmail like Mark did. Please, Shout out again, Mark. Yeah, please do not shoehorn it into 65 <laughs> tweets. Yeah, don't, I don't want to read 65 tweets. I'm not going to read 65 yeah. tweets. So send us an email. That's uh, justiceloserspod at gmail.com. Um, I think that's all the things I'm supposed to say. Yeah, I think I said them a little faster than usual. Uh, so thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Bye.